Welcome to season four of the Lighting Your Way podcast. This season, we will hear from all types of guests who share their experiences, their insights, and their personal stories. Webster defines a system as a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. Using that definition, the U.S. healthcare system would be an oxymoron. But for a minute, let's call it a system. A very important part of that system is a patient's experience, how they feel about the care they're getting, how they experience people interacting with them, etc. In this episode, we speak with Renee Pedro and her friend Rebecca Zarkowski, who happens to be my colleague at Guardian Nurses. Renee, who is a cancer patient, shares her story about recently being taken by ambulance to an emergency room and left to sit for two days. Her experience is disturbing. Sadly, it is not unique. Renee, Rebecca, welcome. Thank you for joining me on on this episode. Hi, Betty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, It is a pleasure. Renee, it's it's great to have you as a, as a representative patient. <laughs> um, we're very always always interested in hearing from patients, uh, and particularly your uh, recent experience. Uh, what we're talking today about is just really your experience in the healthcare system, but specifically um, a couple weeks ago you were went to the ER uh, because you had some symptoms acutely. And um, I think Rebecca, who is your friend, a longtime yes. friend, and also a handy nurse advocate. <laughs> <to call. laughs> handy dandy. Handy dandy. Um, yeah. Also suggested to your husband that you go. So um, can you tell us about, uh, tee that experience up for us? Sure. Um, yeah, it was um, a normal night. I have, I'm a cancer patient, so I'm nauseous frequently. And I'd eaten dinner and felt nauseous. And I thought I was going to vomit. And I did, but I also vomited blood. Oh. And um, it happened once and we kind of blew it off. But then it happened two more times within the next 15 minutes. And I passed out and fainted twice in that same 15 minutes and first thing my husband did was call Rebecca and she told me to call my oncologist but I was I think before we could call the hospital to speak to the oncologist I fainted again so he just called 911 right okay good good move and I lived two blocks from a hospital and they told me that was the only place they could take me because it was so close so they so they didn't take you to your treating to to where you've been treated for the cancer. No, I I asked repeatedly, and um, they said they weren't allowed. So I had to go to the nearest hospital, which is two blocks and, away. And about how far? I mean, do you know Rebecca or you, Renee? Do you know how far the the hospital that you would have preferred to go to is geographically? Yeah, about eight miles. Eight miles. Okay. <laughs> A lot of traffic, but about eight miles. Yeah. So in an emergency, I mean, you can, you can understand a little bit, especially if you're two blocks away, if you were maybe, you know, in a more rural setting and there were two options, but 
Um, so, so you go to the ER with your husband, uh-huh. uh, and it's what, maybe it's, it was late at night, right? It was in the evening. It was, yeah, it was about eight 30. Um, we get there. It, it wasn't particularly very busy. They rushed me into a room and start to try to figure out why I was throwing up vomit, but they knew when I came in, they knew when he called 911 that I was a cancer patient. That was the first thing he told them. Okay. Um, and I think the first thing they started to do was take blood, but midway through, the nurse, who was very young, couldn't find a vein or couldn't take the blood, so she just kind of gave up on me, and oh. no one came back to finish oh. m- my blood draw. Oh. Well, um, what, did did anybody like? So you were just left in the in the room in the ER room. So I'm in the ER room. I think that nurse might have been going off duty, so that's why she just left that. And then my new nurse came in. Okay. Um, and a little while later, I guess they did get blood, but they did an X-ray, and the um, is it called the attending the doctor mm-hmm. on duty? She came in after the x-ray and told me I had pneumonia and they were oh. going to give me antibiotics and fluids. And you, but you were vomiting, oh, you were vomiting blood and they told you you had pneumonia. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, um, and you know, no one seemed to be able to answer the questions about the blood and the vomiting, but they hooked me up to the IVs and I was, you know, going to be treated for my pneumonia, I guess. And I just, I kept reminding them that I wanted to be transferred. Okay. And I think no one really liked that uh, very much. How do you, what, what, did they respond to you? They, like, how do you know that they didn't like it? Um. Well, everyone seemed to, every time I asked about it, well, every, everyone that came in my room asked me, what hospital do I get treated at for the cancer? Right. And I told them, and then I said, and I'm going to get transferred there tonight. Right? Did you put in that I want transfer? And you know, and it seemed like I asked the question too much. People were frustrated with the okay. me kept, with me asking repeatedly to go to my preferred hospital. So, at this, I mean, did you have any other symptoms of pneumonia? Were you coughing? Did you have a fever? Was your white count up? Like what? Did I didn't know about my blood that? count because I, I never got back that night, never got back any Nobody blood results. Until I got there. Right. Uh, so no one had done the labs on the blood that they finally took. Oh. So no one knew what else was going on with me. And I wasn't coughing and I didn't have any other symptoms of pneumonia. Wow. So Rebecca, let, let's swing over to you. I mean, as an, you have been an ER nurse, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, you know, in a, in a busy ER, there's a triage nurse and then you're getting someone settled. Someone like Renee who comes in vomiting blood. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you have done? What's your, you know, what's your protocol? We would have first drawn all the labs. We would have drawn, upon arrival, we would have gotten urine. We would have drawn labs. We would have done cultures. We would have done a COVID swab. We would have done a flu swab. Not a COVID swab when I was in the ER, but now they would or should. Um, X-ray, EKG, and call her 
oncology team. Okay. And uh, Renee, do you know if that was done? I know, you know that um, the labs weren't done that night because mm. my um, hemoglobin was really low that they had to give me two the units next the next day. But no one knew that from the night before because no one had done the labs. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Um, and what else was done? Basically nothing. I was so they did an EKG and they did the X-ray. They they did the chest, chest X-ray. X-ray, right, and the EKG, and then I was I was left to wait for the transfer to happen. Yeah, nobody scanned belly. Nobody looked at her belly. Yeah, I was going to say you're ble- you're coughing. Or I'm sorry, you're throwing up blood, and they're they're giving you. They think it's a respiratory. <laughs> problem so they didn't this... send urine i want to mention they didn't send urine well they they asked but i couldn't go so okay. there was no urine they had nothing to go you know go by. but they never asked again so so how so you're sitting there with your husband and what are you thinking at this point or i was like... still kind of loopy but i knew that it was wrong like everything was wrong <laughs> okay I, I just knew everything was wrong. Well, no one seemed to be really in charge and no one seemed to to be able to answer any questions. Wow. And and you're still you know, you're still asking to be transferred and no one was working on that or gave you any updates on it? They said they were working on it and we found out later they were working on it with the transport company, but no one had ever contacted my oncology team. Minor detail. Minor. <laughs> Minor. So at what Rebecca, what thank God, you know, you, you guys have been friends. Um you come into the picture the next morning, right? Mm-hmm. And you go into Renee's room and what are you seeing? What are you thinking at that point? Um, I am you're a probably, you're probably just grateful that she's alive at that point. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I had been kind of back and forth texting um, with her a couple times before I got there. So I knew she was, you know, cognizant. Right. I I at least could connect with her, which was lovely. Um, I walked in. uh, It was the room was as you would expect during a trauma or a code, like a a code or a trauma code, it was trash everywhere, sharps on the bedside table, uh, syringes used and not used, tubing with blood in it, trash from the IV bags. It was like, uh, you know, everything you could take a derm packaging everywhere, meds, um, just like just ran like packaged up, not used or anything, but just not used and packaged up. And uh, so I asked Bo and Renee what happened, and they proceeded to tell me what they went through that night. We immediately I called her oncology team to make sure they're aware. So I put we portaled them and we called them. Okay. Um. And were, Her, had they had they been made aware? I mean, Renee said they were not sure. aware. They so were she not was, aware. Wow. So for twelve hours, or correct? More, 
no longer. No the one transfer knew. center was aware and the uh, accepting was aware there. So they were accepting her, but nobody had really communicated with her actual providing care team. And in the oncology world, right, that's really unusual. I have a, I went from ER to oncology. So that is, you know, most all the time an attending can't call an oncology team fast enough, right? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. right, right. In, my, in my experience, I don't know now. I obviously can't speak to what's happening right now. But um, yeah, we got her nurse in who was a, a lovely first year, ending his first year, uh, GN year, at, or, you know, rookie year. And he was very attentive and he... Didn't know all the answers, but he got them and he shared her lab results. And we discussed a little bit more about the transfer and he seemed to uh, care, I would say. He was he was genuinely invested in the care he was providing and he stood out, believe me, as a, a superstar during the time you were there. Yeah. Do, at, at, a, at a point... So when you're talking with this with this nurse who who cared, was the discussion about we don't think she has pneumonia? Like, has anybody looked at her belly? So yes, we did. We so they said they don't have GI at this hospital. They don't have GI. What? In they the don't. Room? So I believe, and I don't know. I really don't know for sure right now, but I believe that she was not. Um, act, she was awake, alert, oriented, and not actively vomiting blood uh, when she was picked up. And and the closest hospital didn't have GI. I was a little bit surprised, right? That right. there's another next close, not her providing, not her, also not her treatment facility, but there is another uh, hospital that might have been maybe another two miles further than the one that's two blocks away. But they do have GI. So I was a little bit surprised by that. Let me ask you. So does the emergency uh, medics, do they know, like how to, I guess I'm trying to ask how does, so Renee's had, she's vomiting blood. We need to get her to a hospital because she's passed out. But yet, are they supposed to know that that hospital doesn't have GI? Yes. Who? Oh, okay. So it is a standard to know yes. who's got what. Yes. Okay. But yet they took her to that hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So now so she's at a know, hospital. Right? That- like what makes the most sense in that instance anyway, right? Like, I don't know. Hmm. Because like I said, she was, she was awake, alert and oriented, was aware she had lost consciousness for a short speck of time, both times. Hmm. Um, and she is an oncology patient. So knowing all those pieces, you know, so did we discuss GI? We knew there was no GI there, but we did discuss, I'm not trying to speak for Renee, but I know she's foggy from that time. Um, he was very apologetic about, about how kind of disorganized things were and chaotic during the day. He was super busy. He had like six patients, which is a lot, he said, for for them there at a time. And he was, uh, they were all, you could tell, working pretty hard that day. He, um, we had a point, well, no, I left. And then when I came back the next day, like there was blood in the urine and nobody sent urine and it was a lot of clots. And it doesn't make, make clinically speaking sense 
why is there blood in the urine and a large amount and lots of clots, but also she was vomiting blood and had blood in her stool. The two don't, right. you know, compute. Yeah, nobody there's red flags. Curious. There's red flags all over. Yes, yes, and nobody was putting it all together because I think what Renee said kind of summed it up for me. It was like nobody was in charge and nobody right. took real ownership of anything. Wow. Well, typically, I mean, at least Renee knew, like, as a as a kind of an experienced patient, she's she knows somebody should be in charge, right. and, and nobody was. And she's she's seeing that, which is right. Kudos to you, Renee. Uh, but it also must have been scary, right? Because you know, what if you didn't have Rebecca coming in to help? I don't know what I would have done because um, in that time, so I went in on Thursday night, no, on Tuesday night mm -hmm. and got out Thursday night. Transferred. Transferred Thursday, Thursday night. Wow. That's how long the transfer took. Wow. So and, you were in that ER for two full days. Uh-huh. Wow. I refused to go to a room because I, I knew how bad the ER was. I didn't I want to disappear upstairs somewhere and never be heard from again like, you know <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know yeah she did not she was not a good patient there <laughs> because no I'm not being judgy like she was afraid right like I wanted them to do a cat scan of her head like okay when Bo when her husband was describing the the loss of consciousness he said it was like her eyes were open her tongue was out it could have even been a seizure Oh, okay. And right. nobody was listening. Nobody was listening. Wow. So I said, can we get a CAT scan? Like, please, just to and make sure. Did they, did they do one? Well, no, because Renee said, I'm not leaving this room until we <laughs> transfer me. I'm not leaving this room. And I could tell I wasn't going to win that battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Renee, really, you have been, you've come a long way, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but there were, um, so in all those days, my three and a half days, I saw two attendings. Oh. There wasn't a doctor at the beginning of every shift that came in. You know, she went 36 in. hours without a physician looking at her, oh. and nobody touched her. I, nobody. You know, I, I want to say this is unusual, but I don't think it is these mm -hmm. days. Wow. Um, which is really, uh, you know, a, a huge problem. I think patients' experiences like Renee are happen happening quite often. Um, and, you know, it's scary for the patient, for their family, um, for their loved ones who want answers or who, you know, want to talk to somebody and you can't get a hold of someone. Um, Renee, when you think about you know, your entry prior to being diagnosed with cancer, had you been healthy? Have you ever interacted with the healthcare system prior to that? I was very healthy. No. Um, when I was a kid, there was a surgery I had, which is very vague in my memory at shop. And, um, you know, so I don't remember that as a patient, mm -hmm. but I know everything went fine. And, you know, my family was happy and I came mm -hmm. out of it. Okay. But um, I was healthy before that. Like mm -hmm. I'd never been to that hospital. I had been to once for a sprained ankle. 
okay. about five years ago. I go in, I got x-ray clutches and I was done. Right. Right. But um, no, and- I, I had no real experience as a patient. So when you look back, um, I mean, I know COVID colors a lot in, in your experience and certainly now because that's the crunch of staffing, the crunch of mm-hmm. time, waiting, you know, supplies, uh, certainly full hospitals, which I think is partly what caused your delay in being transferred is that the hospital that you wanted to go to was full. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of ext- there are a lot of factors that make it into this struggle that the patients are having. So Renee, I understand that for your oncology treatment, you've been, you know, you've been working with the same team and that obviously has helped make that experience much more positive, um, even during COVID, right? Because of the consistency that you've had. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I think I'd be a wreck if I had to always see a different doctor or, you know, things were different every time. That would be very stressful. So, so how did, so the home, uh, let's call it the home team that you're seeing, right? The, the folks that you're seeing, that's a, an oncologist. Is there a nurse practitioner or a PA or some other physician nurse extender? Practic- yeah, a okay. nurse practitioner and the oncologist. Uh, and do you feel like you have a good, uh, did they communicate well with you? They do. Yeah. yeah. Is that done? Uh, electronically or can you call them? Like, you know, I feel like a dinosaur saying call somebody, but um, can you call them and get them on the phone if you have a concern or a question? They're still busy. I can call them and eventually, go, you know, we go back and forth and, okay. and I can talk to the nurse practitioner. But yeah. usually I use the portal because the response is quicker. It's a good point, Renee. They're busy. They're seeing patients during the day or they're, you know, um, so they can't really respond to you, but they get back to you through the portal. So that's an, um, you know, it's not the most personal response, um, but it certainly is a response, which, you know, is important when you want to talk to your doctor or nurse practitioner. Um, Her, Her treatment team, Betty, not to interrupt, but, you know, I like to celebrate good, really good things too, is... The triage nurse from uh, her treatment team reached out to me coincidentally uh, on Thursday. This is why the transfer happened on Thursday. So apparently the treatment team, you know, did receive a message from you guys, from Bo and Renee. So they were looking for Renee. And when Renee, <laughs> where were did, they looking for? <laughs> her, I guess, and calling her. And when there was no response, and they looked for like her, her contact, I'm like the second emergency contact, right, okay. to her to Bo. Okay. And I'm I'm driving back to the hospital, and she's introduced herself, and I thought she was re- calling in response to our desperate portal message we left them okay and she wasn't she was looking for renee so i was able to update her that is when the care team found out about renee oh my god so wait and a minute so that they that initiated had, and made the transfer happen hours later i mean it took so, time to get her transport team there but i mean the actual transfer was completed 
in hours after so, that. So, so that was just serendipitous that she yeah. was reaching out to Renee. Correct. Absolutely. So where was the, where was, um, you know, what happened? Where, where did the ball drop? Cause Renee is asking for in the ER, you're there asking for it. Why they didn't the, the rec- trans- they told the transfer center that she had pneumonia Oh. And the acuity, oh. right, of this GI bleed, which was still, you know, whatever it was from, right? She was, oh. she had nothing by mouth. So the one time she took a, a a pill, or no, they gave her some meds. It caused her to vomit, so they saw the bleeding. And when she was urinating, we had in the in the commode in her room. It, it, we eventually said, "Look, there's there's your there's bl- a lot of blood there. You you might want to send it." So like. I don't think that the the acceptance, the transfer wasn't at maybe coded as high of a like emergent versus urgent, perhaps because they had her as pneumonia, which, as I as we suspected at the first hospital, she didn't have pneumonia. She she has disease in her lung. And if it's not read appropriately, it would look like pneumonia. So not appropriately, but not by the right set of like radiology has to be looking for cancer, maybe to to be able to discriminate between the two, or you would have a previous scan. And so she had gotten, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours of antibiotics that she didn't need. Jeez. Wow. Which is concerning when, you know, whatever it, the system to your point, Betty, it is taxed extremely taxed right now it's like who do you who do you blame you just blame like there's no staff and it's people's lives and so what are you supposed to do when you come in right and i was also told that because i asked what if i just leave now and go (laughs) home and take myself to the emergency room where i want to be yeah and they said you know that's against medical advice kept telling me that and then the the doctor said, well, you're already on the list. You've been triaged already. You're at the top of the list. If you left Uh, us now, you'd go in and be a patient off the street and start all over again. Oh, yeah. So you're in the queue, but you weren't in the queue. But I wasn't. Well, you were, but but you weren't at the level you should. uh, I don't believe. You were in the queue with pneumonia. Yeah, right. That's right. different than an oncology right. patient bleeding. Right. Bleeding. Oh, my God. Different. So uh, this, uh, Renee, I, I am so sorry that mm-hmm. you had to go through this because to your point earlier, if you'd gone to the hospital that you wanted to go to, which is where your treatment is, you this would have been a much smoother admission. They would have figured out what was going on and you would have been home. I've always been preaching. It, the number one problem in healthcare, well, be, now it may be staffing, but is communication, right? It's always about communication. And, and Renee, your story embodies that. Mm-hmm. What? Wow. It sure does. Yeah. You know, so, it's sad because there was a lot of young, uh, a young team at the first, right? And the second hospital. And you could understand as a nurse, Betty, coming, remembering early years of, of working, the, how much you relied on veteran nurses to mentor you right. 
through these moments where you're trying to get that feel like I know something's wrong, but I'm not sure what, or did I send the right? And did I consider every reason something could possibly be happening? And they don't have the time or the mentorship anymore to deliver appropriate care. And I'm afraid we're going to lose a lot of great young nurses who will not want to put their license, frankly, on the line at the expense of somebody of somebody's life. Well put, Rebecca. So, Renee, let me let me close. Uh, Renee, I, well put, Rebecca. Renee, I, I want to close. I want to ask you a question. And Rebecca, I'm going to come back to you with the same question. So, Renee, uh, you've given this a lot of thought, likely. But if you had the opportunity to give one suggestion to the person running the, the United States healthcare system, as if there was one person, what would that suggestion be? Um, I think, uh, you know, maybe there should be, because nurses are caring and everyone was nice, you know, every nurse I had was nice, mm -hmm. but I think they need, you know, some training and communication. I mean, as a patient, you're like just lost in the woods at a hospital. Yeah. I'm not so much anymore because I've been doing this for a while. But, um, you know, patients just need someone around that can explain what's going on. Right. I, I think yeah. that's it. Can somebody explain this to me? Right. Right. It's simple. It, right. It's just a basic, simple what's happening to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and what are you doing to help me? Rebecca, what about you? I, I know you, you've been a nurse for a long time and you've watched Renee throughout this treatment plan. But if you step back and you had the opportunity to give one suggestion to the person running the healthcare system, again, as if there was one, what would it be? I mean, it absolutely goes back to all levels of communication there's, there's usually, to your point, Betty, it's usually a failure to listen or to be heard. And the pro I don't know, I, I have to think about the solution to it because to really properly communicate, you need to actively listen. Yeah. And I I worry that healthcare professionals aren't being given the time and the grace to actually listen. And if they did, though, if we could all listen, we would probably be more efficient. A lot of time was wasted, not even just like waiting for the transfer, that, but it was, it was misdiagnosed and mismanaged right. for many, many days. And it was a result of, again, not slowing down and listening. It could have even been as simple as reading the Kate, the, what was the triage? What did the triage reflect when the radiologist was reading this? Do you see what I mean? It's all right. from go. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a failure in the system to allow the time to do what needs to be done to care for a human being. Rebecca, thank you. That was a very uh, articulate and hmm. impassioned uh, response. Thank you. Thanks, Betty. You're welcome. Yep. Renee, um, I am glad that you're on the other side of this experience for sure. And I am 
very glad that you have Rebecca with you um, to help you through just in case, uh, just in case, you know, you, you happen to call 911 again. But I, I think <laughs> I think, you know, where you're going. <laughs> so thank you both for uh, for spending time and and uh, sharing your story. I really appreciate it, Renee. Thank you. Thank you, Betty. Thanks, Betty. All right. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.